0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fanside, the podcast for all those complex and complicated conversations about the gray areas in our
1: lives. I am politics and pop culture journalist, Jared Hill. And I am the one and only the king and the queen. Oh, Jesus. Travel <laughs> Anderson. Uh, coming up on the show today, you've seen the title of the episode. You know what this is. This is an all Beyonce episode, okay? Listen, it Beyonce
0: is-, is king.
1: Beyonce is king, okay? So we're going to be diving into black is King specifically for our fan tie conversation as well as a black as King themed dishonorable mentions but as we've been telling you for the past few weeks we are in the max fun drive Yes, this is the last and final week of the max fun drive and you all have been so super super supportive of the work we do here by giving us your coins you know and we really 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 do appreciate it as we've said max fun as a network is audience supported so it's You choosing to give us $5, $10, $20, $50 a month. One
0: million. Never mind. (laughs)
1: <laughs> every single month that allows us to do the work that we do. And so we're really grateful for those of you who have done it thus far.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I know some of you have been hearing these every week and you're like, what is that? What is the Max Fund drive? What does that mean? Uh, it's really about the ways that you can support this show so that we can continue to make it and bring it to you uh, every single week. And so it's a really important thing for us here at Maximum Fun as a network of shows that are all audience supported. Uh, if you are interested in joining Max Fun, we're going to have a lot more information for you a little bit later on in the show, but the quick notes are, the the TLDR, if you will, is go to (laughs) maxfund.org slash join for more information on how you can participate in this last week of the Max Fund Drive. Also, if you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday, Friday night, Travel and I will be hosting what I'm calling Max Fund Drive Live. Uh, We'll tell you more about that a little bit later as well.
1: Yes, yes, yes. But first, this week, we've got a tough question for the people and it comes from my own personal lived experience. Okay. okay. So I was just assigned a white therapist. Oh, wow. We're just um, jumping right into it. Okay. And I'm a little skeptical about this, okay? And my tough question is you know, I kind of want a black therapist. Should should I demand one, particularly in this moment, right, where we're having these conversations around race and, like, the emotional toll that black folks in particular kind of take on in these conversations, right? Do I need a black person? Okay. So, a little background. Let me give you a little background before okay. you start rambling off. So, I'm using this service. Because I'm the rambler. That's me. <laughs> We're, we're doing I, that. <laughs> I'm using this service that, like, explicitly works with therapists who are, like, supportive and open to, to working with, like, LGBTQ people, right? Because that is something that's very important to me. And, like, you fill out this questionnaire and they match you up with a therapist. Um, and you can choose. You can tell them that, like, you prefer a person of color, which I did. But mm-hmm. they're still going to match you up based off of, like, people's availabilities and such like that. And I got, you know, matched up with, you know, this black blonde head, blue eyed sister who, you know, what I will say is in her little profile, she put a good step foot forward and she talks about how like it's important to have a therapist that works for you and hey, like how it's, imp- it's important to like, you know, uh, uh, judge your therapist, you know, and make sure, just make sure that they're going to do what you need them to do. Right. right. So I think she started off well, okay. but I'm also like, I've heard of people talking about like Doing that extra work of like having to teach their non-black therapists about racism and about race, so as that's they're something trying to that. Their, listen, yeah. I'm not trying to do that type of work. I haven't met with her yet. I said to myself that I, I probably should at least give her a chance, but like I I really want. I feel like and and need perhaps a black therapist. What do you What do you think? Because I know you've done therapy before. This is my first time doing any sort of therapy
0: so i had my first therapist when i was like 10 years old when my parents divorced it was like court mandated they were like send the kids to therapy and i want to say that was a black woman and then i had a black woman therapist when i came out of high school and then in college i had a woman of color i want to say she was like i want to say she was like indian or something like that and then Mm -hmm. the most recent therapist i've had was a latina woman and i was Looking for a black woman, but like got placed with a Latina woman. I think what's most important for me is having a person of color that understands what I'm talking about when I say white people. Right. Mm, And mm -mm. I've said here before on the show and like other places as well. My favorite kind of white people are the white people who can call white people white people without like cringing (laughs) or that can say black people without like lowering their voice when they say black people. Right. Right. So like, I need you to understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about race and uh, diversity, inclusion, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's, what's most important. But I would say to you, I think if you can go talk to this blonde white woman and feel comfortable that she gets what you're talking about, I think that's, what's most important. I think if you can go and have a conversation with her and then kind of assess it, That's what's going to be more important than anything because my Latina, my Latina female therapist that I had last was great. It took me a little while to warm up. I don't think you're going to warm up in five minutes. Right. And like want to just divulge all your information. But at the same time, Mm. if you can feel comfortable talking to her about whatever you want to, I think that's what really tends to matter because, uh, you have to be able to just be honest and raw with that person. So we had this conversation before with, uh, an actual, you know, therapist and she was saying like, mm. you just got to be comfortable with the person you're talking to. They don't have to like check all the boxes. Cause I think for myself, I'd prefer a black woman. Um, but you know, I think you just have to feel comfortable and you don't, you don't want to also have to argue with the person about blackness or queerness right. or whatever other shit.
1: Right. And I think, you know, my hesitation is because of some of the horror stories that I've heard people having um and and also I think because this is my first time like exploring, you know, therapy and 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 going on that that particular journey that I'm also just like, you know, my, my I think my tolerance level for foolishness is like very low. Ground?
0: I mean, listen, we all live in a post-George Floyd world, right? Like, I have very little patience
1: for any of the bullshit. Um, And so, I don't... And I don't know... And, I, yeah, I just don't know if it... If... I would really love a black person, a black woman. But then part of me, I was also thinking, was that, like, you know... <laughs> do I want to contribute to, like, the piling on of other trauma for another black person? I know it's their job, right? to To do this work. But, like... There can be maybe a little too much sure. um, familiarity with with a black person. Right.
0: But I think you're worrying about things that aren't necessarily your business. Ooh. Like if that is I mean, and I say that like kindly, but well, like worrying about the black therapist's blackness and how they're they're processing race. and Like that's for them to work with their therapist on, not for you to be worried about and bringing into your own session.
1: Well, I would just want to make sure that that don't come into my, like, I've heard of people who had black therapists who they would share things with, and then it ends up becoming a therapy session for the therapist, and they feel, you know, like they're working out the therapist issue. So that's that's what's in my head as I go through this. Um, anyway. I think, you,
0: I think you have to give it a shot, see how they rock, and then keep it pushing from there. I would wonder how many black therapists there were in this network of like queer focused tea. uh you know what I mean like I true would tea. wonder how many there were
1: true tea two tree I I mean I need to go check out therapy for black girls or something like that um but again the the tough question is is it necessary should I be requesting a black therapist should I be exploring the options that are before me with this you know gorgeous blonde hair blue-eyed woman we want to hear your thoughts your experiences with therapy Hit us up on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, at Fantae Podcast. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come
0: back, it is
1: time. You ready? Let's go get on.
0: (laughs) It's a fanti that legit makes me anxious. I'm going to take a Xanax, and you people meet us back here in just a moment. Fanti Beyonce is king, is on deck, and that's up next.
1: Alrighty, so we got this email from Sabine Nemarine. I s- sis, I hope I said your name right, my love. Um, she says, I am a forty-three year old, proud black French Canadian woman. I stumbled upon your podcast by entering search words black podcast and interesting on Spotify. And she I said, love that God, she
0: added interesting.
1: <laughs> I, I just love that. She, she like don't want the boring stuff, okay? Right. She
0: was like, I Right, as if she could've looked up like black podcast boring.
1: <laughs> and then that. she says god is good god. <laughs> and as the, the the church queen in me says all the time all the time amen she says i simply love listening to you refreshing funny open-minded candid and then she let us know that her favorite episode is the gospel episode which i think is a, has a soft spot in both of our hearts she Absolutely. says, i love all your programming but that one hit home and if you are like miss sabine okay and you like the programming that we give you here every single week because we do what needs to be done <laughs> I'm sorry I, what what is it that we give them <laughs>
0: all that good good okay
1: that's what I was we give them that good good every week if you enjoy the stuff that we do we ask um, and we would really appreciate your support in doing the work that we do here we told you earlier that we are in the final week of the max fun drive and this is your opportunity to become a part of the max fun family uh, become part of the hashtag family anti-fam and help us do
0: what we do absolutely if you are interested in joining maximum fun and supporting this show and many of the other shows or just this show whichever you choose you go to <laughs> maximumfun.org slash join for more information on joining the max fun network we have all These cool gifts, we have so many cool different things going on at Maximum Fun, and as I said, if you are listening to this before Friday evening, you can check out myself and Travel. We will be hosting Max Fun Drive Live, um, our live finale of the Maximum Fun Drive. That's not the actual name of it, I'm just enjoying calling it that. Uh, Max Fun Drive Live, we will be hosting live at five o'clock Pacific time um, for two hours on Friday evening. You can tune in live and hang out with us, and uh, we'll have many of the other hosts of the Max Fun shows dropping in and uh, saying hello and it'll be fun and all kinds of different crazy. So uh, make sure to tune in for that. But for more information on joining Maximum Fun, go
1: to MaximumFun.org slash join. Welcome back to Fanta, you beautiful, beautiful, wonderful people. All right. So the world over has been talking about the one and only Queen Beyonce since last Friday when she gave me a personal birthday present by releasing the cinematic experience that is... Black is king on Disney Plus. Okay. The reviews are in and she did what needed to be done. As she always always does. does. (laughs) That part. Okay. (laughs) That part. Yes. Okay. Which makes this the perfect opportunity for us as card carrying members of the Beehive. We got to say that out. You know, we got to put that up front. Put it up front. We love Beyonce, y'all. Listen.
0: We love Beyonce. I'm going to say, I worship at the church of Beyonce like any other self respecting black gay.
1: Listen, but we are going to lovingly give her and Black is King the Fanta treatment because there are a lot of thoughts that have been shared about the project that deserve a little grappling with, mm-hmm. you know, in this particular moment. But before we get into all of that... Black is King, what were your initial thoughts, like looking at it, watching it? How did you feel? What did the the ancestors tell you after you watched
0: it? I was gonna say, so to be clear, we could have spent a whole hour just talking about how I feel about Black is King because I watched it at midnight. The moment it came out, like I was refreshing the page, waiting for the play button to pop up.
1: Of course you did.
0: Then watched the entire thing. A friend of mine came and watched it and then we watched it again, right? (laughs) I was up until three o'clock in the morning watching it. And then uh, the next day, watched it again. I've watched it like four and a half times in, in the course of two days. Mm. And now I'm probably going to watch it again soon. But the thing that the biggest takeaway that I had was like, so Beyonce took Disney's biggest property of all time and said, sweetie, what you guys did was so cute. Um, adore <laughs> it. Really think it was great. But I had some ideas. Or I had some I, thoughts. I had some notes. Um, and why don't y'all give me a gang of money and (laughs) I'll just go do it better. And you're going to pay me to do it. And, and did like this extraordinary, uh, film that I just was in awe of. Like, it just looks like money. It looks like creativity. It looks mm-hmm. like art. Uh, it's gorgeous, and the colors of the of the just the color alone. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, I just thought it was brilliant. I just I I was yeah. just sitting there with my mouth hanging open when Lupita Nyong'o jumped jumped uh, popped up on screen. I threw my phone. <laughs> my phone was like, "What did I do?" I was like, "Sorry, <laughs> you were just in my hand." Like I I just there were so many moments. There's so many moments. How about you?
1: I was similarly overcome with emotion Mm. while watching it the first time you know, it was a, it was a transcendent spiritual experience. Amen. For yes. Me. All the okay. time. Um, and it was, it was just, it was just gorgeous. And, you know, I think it's interesting. Beyonce tops herself continuously. Yes. Right. That, I think that's why Beyonce is like, you know, an uh, inspiration and, and someone to aspire to for a lot of folks because she's not competing with anyone else. She's looking to top herself each, each time that she does something and, and the chick does. Okay.
0: Well, cause, i've been saying to i was saying to my friend when we were watching it i was like beyonce is a fully aspirational being who cannot be a, a real life human being like it's just it's not possible Listen. like to continue to keep outdoing yourself like this is just mind-blowing to me so Completely let's talk about
1: let's let's step back before we delve specifically into to black is king What's your relationship to a queen bee? Like, oh, have you always been a fan? Have you always been a card carrying member of the beehive? Are you just arriving? Did you just get your paperwork in order? What, what, how, how was that for you?
0: So, I've said this about some folks on the show before and trying to figure out like when did I first see them. The first time I remember seeing Beyonce was it was either the no, no, no video or maybe the bills, bills, bills video. Mm. I mm-hmm. think. Um, but like, beyonce is kind of one of those people who's just always been in my consciousness i guess Mm -hmm. um but i remember the bills 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 video and being like what is happening right now i remember bugaboo coming out and me just thinking like (laughs) i remember she was saying you make me want to tell aol to cut uh, you want you make me want to Throw my pager out the window. Tell MCI to cut the phone. Mm -hmm. Break my lease so I can move. Because, like, I remember her asking, like, to have her email disconnected. And I was like, (laughs) you're really trying to get away. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, having response to that kind of of music. And then just kind of watching her grow and evolve into, like, this, you know, superhuman thing uh, has been amazing. What about you?
1: I mean, hmm, I think that Beyonce... Destiny's Child, Child of Destiny. Child of Destiny. Destiny. (laughs) Okay, we're not going to do that the entire episode. (laughs) Yes, Yes, we we are. are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think, I'm I'm (gasps) sure those music videos were were in, you know, I had seen them and they had come around. But the one that, like, sticks out to me, because, you know, I'm a little ratch, is Bootylicious. Okay? Shut up. All right, uh-uh. uh, but Bootylicious stands out to me because at the mm. beginning, you know, she's like Kelly. Can you can handle, you handle this? this, Michelle? Can you can handle, handle Listen this, this okay?
0: Beyonce?
1: Listen, and it, I think that for me was like it was just like a moment Pause. for me
0: T- to, to reference Bugaboo. Beyonce is the only artist that I enjoy hearing say their own name. I remember when, <laughs> like Lil Romeo, every song would have Lil Romeo and Lil Bow Wow would have every, and I was like, why?
1: We know who you are. I don't know You're... what it is
0: about Beyonce. <laughs> I love to hear her say Beyonce. Like I just love
1: it. <laughs> is that how she say it, Beyonce?
0: No, but I it hate works you so much. <laughs>
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's, the you know, the Child of Destiny era, and then obviously she went and became, you know, the solo artist that we now know. I mean, I think when we're talking about, like, the things that we love about Beyoncé, and maybe even, like, specifically Black as King, is this, this, the idea of, like, the entire package, like, all of it together is just, like, the die, the the dies are dotted. I was about to say the dies are dotted. The I's are dotted, the T's are crossed like there's there's such a an eye for detail in everything that she does at this point
0: yeah i think that for me beyonce is a part of it is like oh she's so beautiful or oh i love her voice or all these other things but then there's just like the mystique right when Mm. beyonce stopped doing interviews um and just kind of started showing up when she got good and damn ready Um, and you know what i mean like that I think is part of it for Beyonce. Like, I think there's this thing about her that is both mysterious and, you know, extraordinary, if you will, that you're always just kind of like, what exactly is happening? Like, where is she? Like, what mm-hmm. is she doing? Um, the idea that like <laughs> that, you know, periodically we, we will be in Beyonce season, right? <laughs> where you're like, oh honey, I hope you prayed up and saved up. Cause something is coming soon Listen, and you okay. better be ready.
1: Listen, okay? And then I think part of it is also... I think the reason why, you know, the beehive is as as fervent as it is Mm. is because... Many of us have like grown up with Beyonce and we've seen the evolution. Yeah. Okay. We, the reason why we can look at Black is King and like revel in its greatness is because we remember dangerously in love, right? We remain, remember writings on the wall. We remember honey, eight days of Christmas, honey. Listen, listen, like we remember the Beyonce
0: experience with the reddish brown hair. Always been listen. my favorite color, but different conversation. Um, <laughs> and, but like, like we remember like philosophy. And all and we remember like there's so many different things that we remember and I think what's also special about Beyonce is like Beyonce's been able to maintain her level of like relevance and Mm. celebrity and like continue to grow it in a way that a lot of people aren't able to over the course of you know 25-30 years or whatever it is like a lot of celebs come and go or they ebb and flow and kind of you know are popular and then they kind of fade away and like we never hear from them again or they're popular and then they kind of like settle into this like level of of fame where they're not necessarily always in our faces but like they're around and then some will like pop back up and on. Dancing with the Stars or go on another show or whatever and like have a resurgence Mm -hmm. and we've seen plenty of people do that Um, but like Beyonce has like she kind of had this like meteoric rise and has just kind of like hung out in the sky this whole time Mm.
1: I've I've really enjoyed how I hate saying it this way, but I'm gonna say it, and I hope you know the people understand what I'm saying. Tiptoe, bitch, tiptoe. I, tip toe. I enjoy, yeah, maybe I hear the bees swarming, bitch. Like, okay, <laughs> listen, okay. Um, but I love how black she has been and become, and has become absolutely particularly in in terms of the the disposition and the energy and and the vocal performances that she's giving right like i feel like back in the day there was a lot of instances where she was very much giving us dina jones okay mm-hmm. she was giving us that more Classical, less soulful, less gut wrenching um, performance, particularly on the albums. Yeah. Particularly, particularly on the albums, she'll she'll give you a, a, a growl, a growl, in, yeah, a, in a live performance. But particularly on the albums, and then I feel like is it is it B Day? Is it four? Maybe four. Four might be the album that I think there was a there was a shift, right? And then we got more of that of, of the Beyonce we have today in terms of just like unbridled black assness. Okay. I think I've always said that I think Beyonce
0: Beyonce for me has always been someone who really, really lived and died by their live performance. Mm. Um because the albums have always been good, but like the live performance has always been so much more extraordinary than anything a studio could give you. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I was so excited that homecoming came out on, on CD, right? Like, yeah. or, or yeah, as an album, Not uh, CD. On child. CD. Ooh, your Jesus. age. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I will reach through this camera. I swear for Lord, but I, I think that her live performance has always been what set her above like her competitors. I mean, I always, the thing that I always think about with Beyonce is that New York Times article headline back when her first album came out um, mm-hmm. that said, She's no Ashanti. Right. And it's like, You're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, it's like, You're absolutely right. She's no Ashanti. Oh, um, and God. then I always remember when she did the live uh, in Las Vegas album where she was like sick and um mm-hmm. she was you know they did like a couple of nights or whatever and she talked about how beyonce always like reveals a little bit about herself in her performances and her, her music and she talks about um the dangerously love and love album and how they told her that she didn't have one hit on that album before it came out and Would she was she like say? they were right i had five and i was like go back. <laughs> like i was living that kind of stuff, like it's just like you can't tell me shit like I know right. what I'm doing
1: okay, so now let's let's transition into specifically talking and grappling with like some of the commentary I would about say... black is king okay before we do that, oh we're moving from the fan into
0: the anti right so I want to give full disclosure that I'm a person who is admittedly defensive in these types of conversations <laughs> not just about beyonce but also about beyonce but also about like the media that we create and consume because I'm often the one that's like defending the media Mm -hmm, um, and then mm -hmm. turning around and dragging it in my critique. So if I sound like very Chris Crocker, leave Beyonce alone kind of thing, like...
1: All you people want is more, 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 more! Leave her alone!
0: I'm very conflicted about all of this and like my creator side, my media creator side is always in like stark contrast and conflict with my media consumer side. So...
1: Okay, I'm glad you gave your disclaimer so the beehive don't kill you.
0: Well, okay. I mean, I'm not scared. Like, I'm because I don't really. Go ahead.
1: Uh huh. Just drop it. Just keep it going. Go head on. Go head on. <laughs> okay, so one of the critiques that's happening with Beyonce right is this idea, this commentary around appropriation versus appreciation of Africanness. Mm-hmm. Okay and you know Beyoncé has received you know the appropriation critique before um I particularly remember it from the the Coldplay video um uh him for the weekend um where she she was accused of appropriating um Indian culture specifically um but they've these accusations have resurfaced again as people are talking about you know this per, this presentation of Africanness through Beyonce's eyes and I want to start with a a review that was written by oh Jesus Shamo Malachi Shamo Malachi In a Southern, uh, in a South African publication called Cultured Review. Um, And here is what they say in part. They say, in and of, in itself, there's nothing unsuitable with Black America collaborating with African artists to produce commercial products, as is the case with Beyonce's Black is King. But we must be under no illusion that Black is King is still very much Beyonce's. We might become embroiled about whether this production represents a form of African appropriation. Appropriation or a form of celebration, which is an endless debate. It is, however, important to understand that art can both be celebratory and appropriative because appropriation is about who holds power and not necessarily the intentions or content of the art, which can be celebratory. What's your immediate thought? <laughs>
0: Someone literally just checked their their feed to make sure that it was still playing. Um, so the reason I don't... I can't really rock with the idea that it's appropriation is because it's all very incorporated into the piece, right? It's not as if she went and heard these other things and went back and recreated them without like any credit or acknowledgement of like where these things came from because mm-hmm. all of the artists are on like... You know what I mean? Like she has so many different artists on all of these songs if we're talking about the album specifically the gift um and so it would be more appropriative to me if she had gone to africa or just you know listened to a lot of nigerian because there's a conversation about a lot of west african inclusion um if she had gone Mm -hmm. and like heard all that and then like you know got on her casio keyboard and kind of recreated it like that would be (laughs) that would be kind of appropriation for me but because she reached out to them and included them that feels inclusive to me
1: well see i want to push back on that based on this review right because the the shamo talks about like who holds the power sure who is ultimately right the credit for um the for blackest king right and so many people don't know the names right of those other collaborators, right? Collaborators, but that's not on Beyonce because
0: each of their but, names are in the titles of the songs.
1: Yes, but there, the a conversation. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm. Who, do, who do, the the hive go get me again? But, tiptoe, bitch, <laughs> tiptoe. But no, I feel like there is a <laughs> there is something to be said about this idea of who holds the the actual strings in terms of the vision making of this world and how there can still be a level of appropriation in um in in kind of collaboration um and especially when they not well i shouldn't say that i'm I'm, i was gonna say they not splitting the proceeds 50 50 or whatever the case may be because that was something
0: i actually thought about today was like i wonder how beyonce handled compensation on this and like um yemi alade who's someone who i've discovered through this album uh in this film uh she did a post that was talking about like she's never been treated this way in at work, right? She's never been handled, like, uh, in such a, you know, appreciative, respectful, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uplifting way. And it made me think about, like... So I wonder what that ACH looked like though. <laughs> you know what I mean it's like what did that, that payment ACH. end up look like? Come
1: on direct deposit. <laughs> Listen, exactly,
0: right? And so it made me think to myself like I I mean, you know, we'll probably never know the answer to that question, right? But I I thought to myself like, "Hmm, I wonder what does that end up looking like? How do you how how much did they get paid and what how much of it was, you know, a uh, a piece of the pie, if you will." Mm-hmm. But for me it 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 doesn't read to me as appropriation because everyone, um, you know, seemingly or, or, you know, I would imagine a large number of the influences for this album are included on the album and are named in the album. And so to me, it definitely feels a lot more like celebration than appropriation.
1: Well, I do want to introduce this, uh, another review by Tanika Smith in The Independent. Um, And all of these links, you know, that I mentioned, we're going to make sure they're in the show notes. Um, But they say, uh, Beyonce's Black is King is not about cultural appropriation. It's a sober truth about Black people's yearning to belong she continues for people like me there's a gaping hole in our traceable past i am reminded of this gaping hole every time anyone appears to innoc- innocently ask me but where are you really From and I think there's there's an interesting conversation also happening right about kind of this amalgamation of African identity that Beyonce presents in Black is King that that melds so many different African influences into this presentation of of an Africa that is 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 perhaps more complex or more layered I should say than than um. Just being Nigerian or just being South African or just being, um, you know, whatever the case may be and how that is, you know, something that we as as black Americans specifically, and I would go further to say black folks who perhaps aren't on the continent, who don't know or have a connection to that ancestral, you know, tribal, you know, that, that information, right? Sure. You can do 23 and Me all you want, and Ancestry.com all you want, but it don't get, it don't tell you the tribe.
0: Right, and it doesn't know? tell you who your great-grandmother and great-grandfather were, and all that kind of stuff, yeah.
1: All of that, so I think that that, 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 well, I that think actually Ancestry. Point-
0: my, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> I,
1: I know what you're the, doing. <laughs> that gets to the point, right? That you brought up of of the kind of celebratory nature and and I think a a reimagining um, of African identity and a connection to African um, culture, specifically for folks who may not have as much kind of a a, a specific connection to the continent if that makes yeah, sense. yeah and
0: i think part of what's important about that um i always think about sarah palin referencing uh, africa as a country um as if it were one nation right and right. uh the ways that so often in american culture we think of africa as africa as like you know what i mean like <laughs> mm-hmm. one place that you know speaks a language and has one experience um, and I think that we do run the risk of that in these kinds of moments when we think of we think of this music as being African inspired, but it's like, you know, it's a lot more specific than that. It's a lot more pinpointed. And as I was saying earlier, there, there's critique about how, um, you know, a lot of this is West African, but does not include East African, um, mm-hmm. kind of, uh, sounds and things like that. And so I think that, that is one of the things that we have to make sure that um, gets highlighted and pointed out is like, this is the, this is coming from a specific region of Africa and its popularity um, was chosen for whatever reason. But, you know, in some of the pieces that, um, that were written about this, they talk about how, you know, this is the popular music that is coming from the African continent right now that is really having a global kind of uh, embrace. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I just think it's important to have those distinctions in the conversation, but I don't think it, it makes it any less valid or, or, uh, or less, you know, um, African, if you will, for the, like, for the, uh, lack of better words.
1: Yeah, well, I a uh, last thing I'll do on this particular topic, I want I want to read out a part of the review from Lovey Ajayi, who is like one of the prominent um um Nigerian folk um here in the US at least, um who on her blog um says Black is King shows deep reverence and appreciation for the motherland. I watched it and was continually moved by the intentionality. She isn't a voyeur, but instead is a student who tries to honor the land. From the. The life size Ludo game floor they had in one of the scenes to so the interludes in Zosha and Zulu. I believe it's uh <laughs> Okay. Um to shoot I think at- I might be wrong, don't drag me girl, to shooting at National Theater in Lagos, to the countless other references that were nods to how seriously she took this. She wasn't wearing costumes or paying homage. She doesn't bring mud in the house, but wipes her feet at the door and bows to the elders. It's an adoration, elevation, and a love story to the diversity of Africa, the cradle of civilization. This nausea girl, whose first name has Alua in it, feels seen. But I now, love it. all of that Brings us to this one tweet that um, rapper No Name sent out around uh, Black is King coming out. And that tweet reads
0: We love an African aesthetic draped in capitalism. Oof. Hope we remember the black folks on the continent whose daily lives are impacted by US imperialism. Oof. If we can uplift the imagery, I hope we can uplift those who will never be able to access it. Black liberation is a global struggle.
1: Okay, now listen, there's there oh listen oh <laughs> listen that's when you be like oh Jesus again hot here my lord um so Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Period. I think there is you know, Beyonce and her husband gets they get a lot of critique for like this black capitalistic um uh perspective of 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 their type of black uplift and their kind of community uh uh community uplift perspective. Um and to grapple with no names commentary, which isn't wrong, right? Like There is definitely something to be said about how, particularly, I think, American capitalism, U.S. imperialism is something that we don't really grapple with when we see a lot of these images that are are said to be reflective of the continent, and how, furthermore, right, we don't move past the imagery to support, to truly, right, support, like... I want to see what happens with the streaming numbers of the artists, right, who are featured in Black is King. Right. I want to see what happens to them in terms of other opportunities career-wise, right? Um, I think those are some of the conversations, right, that people are hoping to, to have as we move forward with this conversation around, like, a capitalistic view of Africanness,
0: So I think about this in terms of uh, of the way that I think about Black Panther, right? So Black Panther came out, broke all the records, was seen all around the world, you know, all of these things. But then it also ushered in a lot more opportunity for Black films and television and content, right? It mm-hmm. like started the conversation about how well Black content can do around the world. And I would imagine and hope that, this kind of a moment coming from Beyonce and mm-hmm. Disney, you know what I mean? Opens the doors for more people to be able to have moments like, like uh, to, to be able to have popular moments. Uh, I was talking about Yemi Alade on, on Instagram. She has millions of followers and like m- so many more people know who she is. Yemi Alade is the, the woman in the orange uh fringe dress in mm-hmm. uh, Don't Jealous Me. And, I would imagine that a lot of the other people in this film and on this album are now going to have the opportunity to go work in other places. But what the, what's also great about that is like, Yemi is a, is Nigerian, right? Like, but now other people are going to want to work with her. And she now has the responsibility of like, okay, well, might, might take on the responsibility of, okay, well, how do I take the good that was done for me? And like, expand on that how do i bring more people Mm -hmm. up with me how do i you know include more people to be able to have more people's names you know get some shine and like i think that is what someone like beyonce is supposed to do well again you know how i feel about responsibility but like i i I would imagine that she sees that as as the work that she has to do to be able to uplift you know african artists and other black artists because we've already seen her do that with black artists here and like and like the critique about capitalism is like well sis like what did you what what would you prefer her do right like she's a well, billionaire
1: what, well like i do want to read out uh oh. another quote from another review this one was for essence by um oh sis i'm gonna butcher your name uh juda kai kai um i'm not touching it because i'm just gonna yeah. The, I'm just gonna call you Judy for short. I hope that's okay, wow. my love. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Um, Don't Toby her. Well, wow. Don't Toby her. Toby. Give her her name. Toby Give her her name. The disrespect. Well Judy Kaye? The
0: disrespect. Yes. Since <laughs> the person who will not, who will not even like try, exactly. And, exactly. Right? You won't even um, touch but it. But I believe her name is is Judy Judy Kaye Irakose.
1: Okay, you said it great. She's Burundian, and she says in essence, honoring our ancestors isn't about creating false illusions of who they were or how they lived. Being dishonest to ourselves with these royal narratives ingrained in the elite extravaganza of the continent won't change the fact that the master's tools will not dismantle the master's house. Shout out to Audre Lorde. Black capitalism, black imperialism, black monarchies were never our freedom, and they won't be even if we add black faces to these systems they will still oppress the black community since they are rooted in anti-blackness i don't really have a comment on that but i thought it was a very salient observation mm. about what we see taking place in black is king in terms of this conversation of right just putting black faces on these systems right that don't really service black folks
0: well i i would push back on that just a little bit like i i think mm-hmm. the point is is not wrong but I think you also have to remember, like, this was a reinterpretation of the Lion King, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this wasn't just, like, kind of born out of thin air. Like, this is the story of Simba, the Lion King, and, like, how he... he The the journey that he takes in his life. And mm-hmm. so I also... When I hear the, the word king in the title, um, there's a lot of critique around, like, we should be able to be fully human without being royalty. And, like... I think that's 100% right. But I think a lot of these critiques, for me, really highlight the idea that we have to be, uh, we have to have more representation. I've talked about this before with working at CNN on Black in America and hearing how how many people were unhappy that they didn't feel represented in that. And I think Mm -hmm. when we hear these kinds of critiques, it highlights for me, like, we don't have enough representation so that whenever there is any representation, if we don't feel seen in it, then we feel erased. And I think it's important that we have more so that there can be more of a diversity um, of representation.
1: And I also wonder about how Black is King Um, is being received by consumers is also a response to some of the the exasperation we felt around only seeing for the most part black folks as slaves Mm. right and now to see black folks as ancestral as spiritual as kings and queens is as standards of beauty as as standards of beauty right is a direct like repudiation of these narratives that just often are based in in our trauma and in our pain and we also should mention right that the streets are saying that Beyonce and her husband you know don't really be touring Africa like that which is something, I, I there was an article in Quartz, Courts Africa, um, that talks about, this is an article from 2018, and the headline simply is, Jay-Z and Beyonce may be inspired by Africa, but they won't perform here. And it talks about how they're uh, on the run tour, um, skipped Africa. Mm -hmm. uh as in terms of like touring stops
0: i will say what's interesting to me about that is i feel like a lot of world tours do kind of skip over africa or they'll like drop into south africa and then kind of be out um i i know that one of the things that was disappointing to me this time around was like there are some like rumblings reporting that there was supposed to be a tour that would follow the release of black is king um that obviously can't happen now because of covid and like it makes me wonder If that will ever happen, and I think there's a good chance that it may never happen because this moment, uh, you know, will be well gone by the time uh, we're able to like crowd stadiums again.
1: Yeah, well, they they said, this article says that the On the Run 2 tour schedule had no African cities, neither did the first On the Run tour, nor Beyonce's solo shows, the Formation World Tour, and the Mrs. Carter Show World Tour, Um, and, you know, the the Formation Tour went as far as Western Europe, while the Mrs. Carter Show traveled to South America and Australia. And the last time Beyonce performed in South Africa was part of a charity concert for um, late former President Nelson. Mandela's foundation in 2004, back when she was still a member of Destiny's Child. I Uh, I think that's that's past. Because she was just there. I would say because I'm
0: she was there i want to say in 2019 for the uh, global citizen uh, fest where she performed there
1: um i know we've got to wrap up i did just want to do one last bit about beyonce being a horrible actress wow um, wow 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 we want to thank you all
0: for this conversation as always we want to know what your thoughts are
1: she was great in fighting temptations
0: do you feel (laughs) redeemed Wow. Um, I will say, thoroughly enjoyed Dreamgirls, Austin Powers, and the Proud Family theme song background vocals. Just shout out to all that. I also want to just throw in a note that producer Jordan has reminded us of the short Bay Gang, which definitely has to go into the anti. Not getting into how I felt about that, because we're out of time. How convenient. (laughs) um let us know what you think you can hit us up on twitter and on instagram at fanci podcast that's at fanci podcast all is one word on twitter or instagram or you can email us fanti at maximumfund.org we're going to take a quick break when we come back we've got a very special edition of dishonorable mentions don't go anywhere Fanti's coming right back hi this is matt from ithaca max Fun is where i go to hang out with amazing people like Hodgman and Jordan and Jesse and Pleck Dexeter, it's just a really good way to have extra people in your life that make you laugh, and it feels good to take care of them for all the hard work that they do for us. Hi, this is Clayton from Chicago. Uh, my wife and I are both Max fun members, and we absolutely love it. We started listening to all the shows uh independently of each other and uh when we started to compare the shows and realize how many we listened to we just knew we had to support it uh to support the art that we love and care about thanks so much for making the shows We really enjoy them and you know goodness uh just love it thank you all right welcome back it is time for our dishonorable mentions uh these are the stories or people that caught our attention this week that deserve a call out for either they're good or they're stupid um there's a bit of a theme uh <laughs> this week where all of our our honorable mentions because there ain't no dishonorable ones they are okay. all going to beyonce's black is king i will say uh there should be no surprise what my first one is my first honorable mention goes to yemi Alade. When I tell you I was screaming at the television about 17, 18, 19 minutes into the film when this woman popped up in that orange fringe dress and was mm. shaking and popping and dipping and yeah. uh, just every, I was wow. screaming and I immediately got on Twitter and searched black is king, orange fringe, and like people were tweeting about it. <laughs> that's Yemi Alade, that's Yemi Alade. Like I, I, she is my new queen, like. Baby, when I tell you everything about her is everything. Yemi Alade is Y-E-M-I-A-L-A-D-E. Yemi Alade. She's on Don't Jealous Me. And I think she's on another couple of songs as well.
1: Yes, she deserves. That also reminds me, we didn't mention in the anti part, you know, there wasn't much body diversity in Black is King. Mm. I was looking for it. Okay. And I'm just gonna leave that there. But yummy, we see you, sis. We, we see you.
0: You did was, what needed to be done. She she was on Don't Jealous Me and also on My Power.
1: Yes. Well, my first honorable mention is gonna go to the hair team. Okay. Baby! The 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 edges were laid, the braids were braided, okay? The they, braids were braided. The, listen. <laughs> Did you see the scene in which she's like on this gigantic like uh, uh, ladder Latter. of sorts? Okay, so I was hoping you would bring it up. Hang. I, I was hoping you
0: would bring that up because I was going to if you didn't. I just want to acknowledge that for a young girl from Houston, mm. having 40 inches of yammy, of yaki was... <laughs> I'm so hooked <laughs> on yami a lot. Of,
1: inches, not 40 inches of yami.
0: Ha- having 40 inches of yaki was a, an achievement. Oh, back yeah. in the late 90s early 2000s right oh yeah this bitch came and said i'm gonna give you 50 feet of braids it was and put everything top a ladder give me give me all of the the purple velvet pipe and drape that you got and uh, put me up there i i screamed i paused it and was just like Bitch, I live for you. It was gorgeous.
1: Shout out to lead hairstylist Neil Farina. um, Yeah. And a team, they had an entire team that included Nakia, Rashawn Collins. Um, I don't know all of the names. I couldn't find all of the names. But, like, y'all deserve, because the, the hair was on point, okay? Baby. Baby.
0: Yeah, Neil Farina's been doing her hair for a while and um, just knocks it out every time. Um, I want to give an honorable mention to the costume designer. Mm. Her name is Zarina Akers, and I remember thinking to myself, if, for the costume budget alone, Mm. because, like, if you look at any one of these songs, (laughs) right? Because Obviously this film is a collection of music videos that are threaded together with story, and like, just the costume budget alone, I'm like, my God, my yeah. God from Zion. Like, wow, <laughs> the costumes were crazy. And I'm not even talking about Beyonce, right? Like, her costumes right. were already extraordinary. You knew that was going to happen. But to th- look at all of the dancers in the, in the scene where they are in the, back of, the backyard of the mansion with mm-hmm. the synchronized swimmers, I was just thinking about, think about how many suits that is. It was so good. You know what I mean? And, like, they didn't go to Mm H&M and say, like, oh, I need 50 of those purple suits. You know what I mean? Like, I was just wild by the costume. So, Zarina Akers, honey, all of the flowers are yours.
1: I'm going to give an honorable mention to the one and the only—the person who we really— have to, who really gave us the gift. Mm, honey, from whence the gift came? Okay, uh, the one and only Miss Tina Knowles Lawson. Amen. Okay, that womb is blessed. Yes, Okay. yes. Protected at all costs. Oh, God, my Lord, my (laughs) Lord, my Lord, all right? All the time. Listen, okay? Okay, I just wanted to give Tina Knowles her due, right? Because we would not have... Beyonce or mm. Solange, okay, if we didn't so, look so at me who? like Solange. So, so, I wanted them to rhyme. Soul mm. Angel, okay? Oh, okay. Listen, okay. Anyway, we wouldn't have them if it wasn't for Tina Nose Lawson, and like she deserves because she she started right. This beautiful, um, she's she sowed the seeds, she planted the seeds that have now grown into this beautiful black ass plant that we call mm. Beyonce. Okay, mm. so I just wanted to give her a little little, little, little little something. son son. You know, I just if heard you Beyonce
0: on uh <laughs> on on the Savage remix going. Bitch, I got this shit from Tina. Like, yes! I, <laughs>
1: like okay. I
0: um, I want to give my last. Honorable mention to Robert Crosby. He is the person who is the colorist on the film. I was so taken aback. First of all, there's something scandalous about that title being called colorist. Different conversation. Goodbye. But I, I was so blown away by the colors on the film. Mm. Um, there's that moment where she's in that blue, uh, blue dress that is like wrapped around her head and like blue mm-hmm. ivy sitting beneath her. And, like, the colors are just so vibrant and beautiful. And, like, so rarely do we see black people, like, so beautifully lit because the lighting was gorgeous on this as well. Um, But just so beautifully colored and graded to just really come off the screen in such a fantastic way. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Robert Crosby and everyone who worked on the edits of this film to make it just
1: look incredibly gorgeous. And last but not least, we must honor, bow down, and respect the gift of the gift. Oh, the gift's gift. Okay, that is Blue Ivy Carter. Okay, when I tell you that 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 young child has just blossomed into greatness. Okay, you know, be Blue Ivy is probably. It, she don't have credit on the film for any of this, but you know she's director, choreographer, colorist, cinematographer, Baby, honey you casting
0: know, director. Listen,
1: Blue Ivy Carter is there keeping these girls in line. Running okay? payroll, running
0: the back end.
1: Alright. Yes. Okay, she's running things and she deserves. Brown skin girl? <sighs> Skin when Kelly just came like up, Pearl?
0: When Kelly came up... I, okay, that's a different conversation. We gotta move on. Oh! Um,
1: I, I also want
0: to say, like, I imagine Blue Ivy has got to be a terrorist of a child to watch. <laughs> I just imagine she's awful to watch. She's like, like, do you know who I am? Right. Like, Can you imagine being her babysitter while, like, <laughs> while J and B are out on a date? Like, How do you Ooh. check her? You can't. Well, you can't. Like, there's just no checking Blue Ivy. I just imagine her being the worst kid to have to watch. Well, the and gag
1: is, Blue Ivy isn't the one being babysat. She is babysitting.
0: I mean... Tell that to the child protective services. So, listen, um, <laughs> we uh, we want to thank all of you for participating in the Max Fund drive. Uh, it has really been uh, a very successful drive, and we're almost to the end of it. And if you are thinking about it or trying to just understand what it is, we really encourage you to go to maximumfund.org/slash/join, uh, maximumfund.org/slash/join, and uh, find out more about what we're doing here at Maximum Fund. And as I said, if you're listening to this before Friday afternoon or evening, um, to Tune in to the live finale of the Maximum Fun Drive, where Travel and I will be hosting uh, Mm -hmm. and welcoming some of the hosts from most of the shows here on Maximum Fun. Um, That's going to be at 5 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, We're going to be on for two hours hosting that with drop-ins from many of the hosts that you may know and love here on Maximum Fun. Um, More information about that is in the episode notes as well. Sorry, Jordan. I love you. I know that you have to figure that out, putting in all the information there. Um, Yes. uh, thank you for all that. For more information, go to MaximumFun.org slash join.
1: And I just want to say, you know, the, the, the Maximum, the was it? The Max Fun Drive Live. It's going to be very Jerry Lewis style, very telethon style. Do you I'm even know who Jerry Lewis is? Yes. Okay. The disrespect. The gag because is, you I mean, old I, okay, don't I mean the gag that I don't know be, my history.
0: I was going to say, like, I know who Jerry Lewis is, but, like, only because, like, he's a reference. But I couldn't <laughs> point him out in a police lineup. <laughs> And I know he's dead. Well.
1: I'm pretty sure. Well. He's dead. You're not wrong. Yeah, he's dead. Well. I'm usually not. Well, how about you Google that? Anyway, long story short, we love you all. We thank you for your support. As always, if you want to give us feedback, if you want to tell the world how great we are, you can leave a five-star review on Apple, iTunes, or share your comments and suggestions with us via social medias at Fantai Podcast on Twitter and the Instagram, as well as via email. Uh Uh-oh.
0: Jordan, I don't appreciate you putting into the comments, very dead. You're disrespectful. (laughs) Um, I was Googling it. He died in 2017, like I had said. (laughs) Sort of.
1: (laughs) Carry on. Lord Jesus. And you can always email us at fanti at maximumfun.org.
0: And on Saturday night, first of all, I know the audio sounds different. I had to insert this later. The Ghetto. I know. The Ghetto. But I said yes to a stand-up comedy event that's happening on Saturday. Uh, One of my best friends, uh, like my brother, we actually met in open mics doing stand-up years ago. Uh, performers around the country and around the world are having a really difficult time trying to figure out how to uh, be able to do their craft. And he asked me to be a part of the stand-up event on Saturday. It's called This Comedy Show is No Joke. It's happening on Zoom. Uh, I'm going to make sure that the link is in the description of the episode that you, you so that you can join us on Saturday evening. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, myself and um, some other comics are going to be there. And I hope that you can join us. Um, this Comedy Show is No Joke. It's all improvised. It's all going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you can be there. We want to thank uh, the composer of our music, Corey. you can find him wherever you get your slayworthy audio. That is Corys C-O-R dot E-C-E. And I know you guys hear us say that every week, but like, did you go look it up? Did you in. go look it up. Look Please. it up, ho. C-O-R-dot-E-C-E. Um And our graphics and photography were done by Ashley Wynn, who I love and appreciate. Um, you want to fire up the air horns because it's time for us to do the thing.
1: <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs>
0: Our producer this week is Jordan Collins, And also, Laura Swisher. (laughs) (laughs) This is a production of Maximum Fun. Beyonce is king.
1: (laughs) I hate you. MaximumFun.org.
0: Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. The Bayang. And they're bad, yeah? Yeah, they're bad yeah.